Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 40, reading through 47 says, In which many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wondered, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and started to... Uh, parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness, singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. If you set your Bible down next to you for just a moment, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask him to bless the remainder of this service. Bless our hearts. Jesus, in your name, Lord, we pray, God, that you would have your way in this room. Lord, we, we are here for you. No other reason, Jesus, we've come to experience you, to be challenged by you, to be changed by you. Lord, right now, I pray that you touch every heart and every mind, Jesus, that your presence would be felt in every, every situation. God, I pray that you would strengthen us through your word today. God, that you would draw us closer to you. We give you all the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. So today we have the privilege and uh, really it is an honor and something we should be proud of to be celebrating our independence. This is a great country, the greatest country on the face of the planet, even today. And uh, if for no other reason, it's because we have the freedom to do this that many countries do not. And so I'm glad we celebrate. I'm glad that um, even as I, I could almost hear the stomachs rumbling, I'm glad that we get to do that today. I'm glad that that's following uh, this service. I'm glad we have a time of fellowship set aside. I enjoy celebrating. I enjoy festivities. I enjoy a day off of work every once in a while. I look back at our, our nation's history, and, and, and each year I try in some way to show respect to those who who fought to provide the freedoms that we have, whether it was uh, physically fighting or through the words or through the pen. I thank them. And as a church in the U.S. of A., I think it's important for us to celebrate and, uh, and to act as if we value the things that we so freely have. And for now, we get to have these church services. We get to have these moments together without explanation, without any kind of just cause. I don't need a permission slip to come to church. This is just the life that God has provided in this country. And so we should celebrate. While today should be and will be celebrated, and while I value my freedom and try to show my gratitude, I think it's important to bring to us or bring us into correct perspective. Um, and then we're going to draw a correlation with the Word of God. But July 4th, 1776 very special day in the history of this country. Many view that as the day that we gained our independence, and in reality, it's the day that we declared our independence. You see, July 4th, 
does not mark the day uh, that we defeated Great Britain. On July 4, 1776, the Second Continental Congress unanimously adopted the Declaration of Independence, announcing that the colonies would be separating from Great Britain. And so it was not a, at this time, very few battles had been taking place, very few lives had been lost, very few things had changed at all, but they had simply made up in their mind that, you know what, as of today, I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm done giving my money to that. I'm done giving my attention to that. We are going to do our, our own thing. We're going to do what we feel uh, led. So on July 4th, 1776, there was a meeting, is what it was. It was a meeting between some of the powers to be in the colonies. And in this meeting, these men voted unanimously um, that enough was enough. And so quite simply, they, they said, I will no longer put my finances, my religion, my peace, my comfort, my livelihood. I will no longer uh, put myself in a position where I'm relying on this king across the big pond to tell me how these things are to be operated. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that for myself. I'm going to declare my freedom. They were tired of a king whose method of rule was oppression and taxing them beyond a reasonable level, and they were ready to stand up and to save themselves from this rule, even if it meant war. There are many things worth fighting for. I think we can also agree that sometimes we fight over things that aren't worth fighting for. Married couple said, amen. No, but in this, this point in time, they said, you know what? I'm going to sign this document for the entire world to see, and if it means my life, well, I will have died a life worth living. I will have died for a, a just cause. And so they were willing to sacrifice it all to save themselves from, from rule that was not of God. So today in history is not the day that our, our new and free country won the war. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't even a celebration of victory. It wasn't the day that they had... Uh, had it all figured out or that everything fell into place just right. Today was just the day that they declared to themselves and the entire world, no more. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not living this way anymore. I'm going to live the life that I am meant to live. History tells us that the first celebration, similar to what we will have today, was held in Philadelphia the night this document was signed. So the question is, the war has not even really started yet. Why is it that they're celebrating? Why is it that they are viewing this as a victory? Why are they throwing a party the night that they just created arguably the biggest enemy our country would, would ever have? They didn't win anything, but they celebrate because they recognize that this was a big step in the right direction. They recognize that in order to win the war, in order to have everything that they wanted to have, it would start with just simply declaring what they wanted. It would start by saying, this is the life I want. And so today, church, I feel there is a misconception as to what the church is. I feel like uh, because we value righteousness and we promote godly living and holiness that we are perceived as, as thinking we have it all figured out. I think the conception of people who live a godly lifestyle is that they are too good to do anything wrong. And the fact of the matter is, I think we can all agree, none of us are too good. None of us are without fault, without sin. But I think because uh, of the, uh, the culture that surrounds modern day church, I feel some people are uncomfortable in the presence of church or church people 
because they think we are perfect. And, and that's simply uh, not the case. We have not won the war yet. In reality, what we are is a group of believers who are battling daily to live in a way that is pleasing to God. We have barely started. Really what we've done is we made a declaration that I align with him. And I'm going to do everything I can day in and day out to live for him. It's not that I'm better than anybody else. It's not that, that I am beyond sin or that it no longer affects me. It just means that I'm doing my best to live according to this law. We are not perfect. We are not without fault. We are real people. And God wins our war. We just do our best to serve him as he does it. And so we celebrate in this place for the daily victories, the steps we take forward in him. If you're here today and you're wondering what all the fuss is about, why are they jumping? Why are they dancing? Why is he running? Why are, what is, I mean, I've sang songs before, but never like this. Why all the hype? Well, what it comes down to is we recognize the subtle victory that comes in the big victory. And it all starts by me simply saying, I'm declaring this so. I'm reading this book and saying, this is, is the document that I'm going to follow. This is a thing that separates me from anyone else. This is a thing that separates me from the rest of the world. We acknowledge it. We value it. And because of that, we celebrate. I feel like there is someone here today who has been reluctant to truly commit to God because they don't feel like they measure up to a level of perfection that, quite frankly, is not even real. This church is not a perfect place. These people are not perfect people. And so if you are, are keeping yourselves at arm's distance because you are afraid of the perception of you or the things that you have done in your life or the lifestyle that you are currently living, I'm here to tell you, my friend, with love, you are wrong. We are just declaring. We're not, we're not winning wars here. We're just aligning ourselves with the one who does. <coughs> I'm tired of seeing people who, who hold themselves back because they feel like they don't know enough. Like they have to memorize every word in this book in order to be a Christian. I've been a Christian literally my whole life, literally from the very first second. Pun slightly intended. But I can tell you with all confidence, I do not know every word in this book. And if you're waiting on that, my friend, it will never come because our minds do not work that way. I'm tired of seeing people that, that feel like, oh, because I don't look the right way, I can't show up. Come anyway. You'll find nobody else is perfect either. I see people who feel too new to church to get involved, and maybe they have too much baggage to be valued, and I, I've just come to put this to bed tonight, that, that none of those things are actually true. None of them are true. You are welcome here. This is your home just like it's my home. My God is your God, and it doesn't matter what, what stage of the battle you are in. And so we come into this house, we celebrate, and we testify, and we sing, and we shout, and we dance because we have the victory in him, yes. But what we are, are doing every time we do is we're just making a simple declaration that I, I serve him, that he is my king. He is the one I align with. And so sometimes I think, um, I think we could all agree if you you've ever danced before the Lord, a lot of times what it is, anybody ever envision you're like stomping on the devil? Yes, we're crazy, but yes, we do that, right? It's like we're stomping on the devil. And what we're really saying is, I have freedom in this place, the liberty that we talked about earlier, Brother Jones. 
I have liberty in this place. And so with that liberty, I'm going to show him who's boss. I want you to think about the foundation of this country for just a second. I could be wrong, but I think that's quite literally what they did. As they said, you know what? I'm going to sign this. I'm going to act this way. I'm going to make this declaration. And I'm going to show this guy who's boss. And so while we celebrate the freedom that we have in this country, there should also be something inside of us as Christians when we come into the house of the Lord that says, you know what? I've come to show this guy who's boss. I'm making this declaration. I'm serving him notice. And now I'm going to stomp on him a little bit. It's normal because we belong to Jesus. And so don't be deceived today or held back by an unreal standard of perfection while trying to live for God. I encourage you today to just take the first step to declare your freedom from bondage, to reject the devil and the life that you've always lived, to repent of your sins and to receive Jesus, and then victory will come. Let's look at what the Bible says. Acts chapter 2, Brother Jones made mention earlier, and obviously my text is found later in the chapter, but uh, a synopsis of Acts chapter 2 is they are on the day of Pentecost, gathered in the upper room, when the spirit that, that Jesus has promised the disciples will fall, will meet them there, comes. And it fills the room where they are sitting, and they begin to speak in an, in an unknown language. And when they do, people are like, what are they, like, what is going on? Are they drunk? Like, why is this happening? What? What is it that he's saying? Should he be saying that? I don't think he knows that. Like, does he know what he's saying? And then, of course, the disciples stand up and tell them the, the truth. They're like, hey, this is not them being drunk as you suppose it is. No, this is the power of God moving through them. This is, that was, was promised from the prophet Joel. Like, this is, this is that. This is the thing that we've been waiting on. And so they tell them of, of the importance of what is happening. And as they do so, the people, the Bible says that the people who were gathered around were pricked in their hearts, meaning that they were, um, they were hurt. They were saddened. To be pricked in your heart literally means to be cut. Spiritually, their heart had been cut. They were, they were bleeding inside, emotionally and spiritually. They had a spirit of conviction on them of, oh, no, what have I done? What is it that we have done? And, and Peter responds very simply when they ask, what must we do to make this right? What do I have to do? He says, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right? If you will repent, if you will turn from your ways, if you will be baptized, if you will be covered in his name, the same name that we just crucified, the one that you're questioning right now, if you will take on that name, then you will receive this gift, is what Peter tells them. And, and that's great, and I think what we, we realize here, looking in verse 37 as they are, quote, cut in their heart, is that people are not perfect. And I think they realize in this moment that, oh dear, we've made a grave mistake. We've done something we wish we could take back. Anybody ever been there before? I think we can sympathize with these people of, oh no, what have I done? And maybe you're in the house today and you feel that in your heart today of like, oh no, what is this life that I'm living? Like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I never even thought about it this way. I never thought that I was abandoning you, not you abandoning me when I walked away. Well, I, I, I just didn't understand, and so I'm, I'm sorry. But the people knew that they needed Jesus, that they needed a Savior, that they needed forgiven, and they needed their sins washed away. 
We often stop in, in verse 39 where it says that this promise is for you and for your children, all that are far off. And we stop there for good reason because it's a great stopping place. It's a promise that this is for you, that you can have this. And today you can't have that same experience if you have not. But it specifically tells us what to do with sin uh, that we have through rejecting Jesus and choosing to live a life in sin. But I want to focus even further down in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. It says, With many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. So what we see here is that Peter is, is not just talking, Peter is preaching. Peter is prompting. He is trying to move these people through testimony and through uh, conviction in his voice. And, and as the Bible says, he is trying to convince them, save yourself. Don't do this anymore. I've told you what you must do. Please, for the love of all things holy, just do it. Save yourself. I get to see him like standing up on a rock like, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? According to what the Bible says, that's where it sounds like Peter is at, that he is, he's already told them what to do. Now he's like begging them, like, please do this thing. And in simple words, as the Bible says, he says, save yourselves. Now, can they truly save themselves? The answer is no, they cannot. They cannot save themselves. They're not capable of salvation on their own. None of us are. God does that. But what he is saying to the people is, listen, you've done wrong, and you know it. Change it now. Move on past it. Begin a new life. Start over. Allow God to take that from you. Turn from what is wrong and be baptized, and you will be made clean. And so, although this is not exactly what I'm preaching today, I feel... Uh, prompted to just stop and tell you today, no matter what you're going through, if you will just turn from your ways and you will cover yourself in the name of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been, whether it's last week, last month, last year. If you will just follow him, if you will save yourself, We turn from what is wrong. We apply the name of Jesus. And we allow him to win the war for our heart and our salvation. He's prompting them not to, to have it all figured out, but just to declare that they are not who they once were. You see, we're back to that declare word. He's, he's not telling them like, hey, okay, so here's what I need you to do. Here's a, a thesis statement. Um, we need you to be baptized. We need you to repent. We need you to have the Holy Ghost. We need you to listen to these songs and exclude those ones off your iPod. Like, he doesn't say any of that. All he says is you need to change who you are. You need to change what you've done. And we know that the rest of those things will, will follow after. It's just a simple declaration today. It's, a, it's an alignment of your will with God's. So my message to you today is not a fancy one. It's not a a long one. It's a very simple one, in fact, but it's this. No one here is perfect. No one here is perfect whatsoever. We have all made mistakes. We all go to war daily with sin and the devil. And the only way you're going to win is if you change the way you've always lived. If you repent of your sin, if you are covered in his name, if you turn away and begin to live for him in the name of Jesus, 
And so today we need to focus on nothing else first, but making a declaration that we serve the one true living God. And his name is Jesus. And understanding that when we apply his life to ours, when we put his blood on top of ours, when we put his name on top of ours, there is nothing that supersedes that. There is nothing more powerful than the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers you. There's no sin that you came in here with that he cannot remove. There is no covering you have on your life that is more powerful than the anointing of Jesus Christ. It's all about him. And so if we can just make a simple declaration today of who we are and what we want to be, we need to stand up for what we know is right and uh, even when it's un- inconvenient. We need to save ourselves by choosing Jesus. This holiday, 4th of July, it's full of tradition. Uh, we barbecue a lot in our family. Um, we are doing that, right? Okay, just make sure. Got to make sure my schedule's booked. Um, but we barbecue, and we we some people go to the lake, or you have people over to your house, you set off fireworks, hopefully. Some of you need to chill, too. It's getting late. But we set off fireworks because freedom, right? America. We like to blow stuff up, apparently. But it's full of tradition, and we enjoy it. I hope you have fun this weekend. I, I'm not here to rain on anyone's parade uh, whatsoever. One of my earliest memories of the 4th, we were at my aunt and uncle's. And uh, they had a nice, large home. They had a, an in-ground pool that had a slide on it. Yeah. Had fountains, like, on the side that, like, shot across. So, like, when you're, you're swimming under the fountains, you know. Like, it was a big deal. Like, I was so cool at five. You know what I mean? And um, one of my, my earliest rem- memories of the 4th was, was grilling that day and having a hamburger then going to get in the pool with my floaties on. Couldn't swim yet. And uh, going to get in the pool. And like all American families, we choose a holiday to ruin a kid's life, right? Like we, we take off their floaties and we're like, oh, you don't know how to swim? Oh, today's a perfect day. Let's just ruin your holiday, right? And so what do they do? They take off my floaties and they launch me into the pool. And I am flailing, kicking, screaming, crying, not too proud to say any of that. Like it was bad. I was drowning and I knew it. And I, maybe you've been there. Anybody else learned to swim that way? So I'm learning how to swim the hard way. And I am, I am in that water for what feels like eternity, bobbing up and down, you know, flailing everywhere. And just ever so faintly, I hear my uncle yell, Christian, stand up. You know what I did? I stood up. And you know what happened? The water went to about right here. And I was like, you know, this isn't so bad. I could do the swimming thing. It's funny, and I, I remember it so vividly, but I stood up. I was saved. I had been launched into this, this scary water, and, and I hear stand up, and I do it, and all of a sudden, I'm saved. Oh, how I feel like this applies today. We get in this pool called life, and we start flailing around and kicking and screaming and crying and all the things. And then when we read the Bible, it says, save yourself. And what it's really saying is, stand up. This isn't too deep. 
This isn't too hard. There's nothing overly complicated about it. You just have to understand who you are. You have to align your will with the one that matters. You have to use the tools at your disposal. And I'm here to tell you the name of Jesus is all of those things to you. And so maybe you feel like you're drowning. Maybe you feel like you're struggling. Maybe it feels like life is too hard. And all I can tell you is stand up. Stop playing games. Stop flailing around like you have no future. No, your future is set. It's a promise. It's one of love, of prosperity. I know you're trying, so just make the first step. Make a declaration today. Decide who you're going to be. Look to where your help comes from. Leave the floaties on the bank and trust the Lord. Stop holding on to things that bring you no value, that aren't going to save you. Sometimes, uh, trust me, I know I can put myself back in 1776 and I'm like, now, you boys do understand, once we sign this, like, this is it. Like, they got your name. They know who you are. They will come hunt you down. So it would be easier if we just maybe didn't. Maybe we should just hold on to these same things we've always had and deal with these same things we've always dealt with because if we try to change it, well, then change comes. I feel like that's, that's us today. Sometimes we hold on to things way too long. We deal with things that, that God is trying to relieve us of. And in reality, you just got to take those things off and just set them on the bank. All right, we're going swimming. Like, Lord, you're going to have to help me swim because I can't do it on my own. And I think what we realize in a time of transition that I am in personally in my life with job, home, school, kids, everything, Everything's off. Everything's different. I can tell you that it's not too deep. You get into it and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I could still get to the top. And so what it comes down to is you have to inconvenience yourself enough to make that declaration, to make that that stand. And when you do, Jesus will meet you there. It's a promise. When you say, I don't want to sin anymore, well, Jesus offers you the way out of sin. When you say, I want to be happy, well, Jesus gives us that. What are the fruit of the Spirit again? Joy. That's right. Whenever we, whenever we put him on and take us off, everything we need is found. Would our music come today? On this Independence Day weekend, let's celebrate. Let's enjoy it. I encourage you to do so. We have reason to. But don't forget that this day is a celebration of declaration not of won battles, not of won wars. That comes several years later in the context of our country. But I can't think of a better uh, service for someone to exercise some liberty than on a day where we are literally celebrating liberty. I can't think of a better time to declare some good news. I, I can't think of a better time to take the first step towards God, towards true freedom than today. And so if you're here and you've never connected with Jesus, if you've never repented and felt the spiritual freedom that comes with it, if you're here and you want to be baptized and have your sins washed away, today can be that day. Today can be your declaration of independence. Today can be the day that you stand up and say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm done living this way. I'm done drowning in water that's not even above my head. I'm done. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to 
find the Lord and be blessed by Him. And so I want to encourage you today, you can do it. You can do it. If we continue reading, verse 41 says, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them out to all men as every man needed. And they continually, daily, without or with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their, their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We read and see that after the, the day of Pentecost, there was a body of believers. That's what they were. They, they held closely to doctrine, Acts 2 tells us. They valued fellowship. They valued praying, believing, worshiping. These are the things that they, the brand new church, God's body, those are the things that started based upon. Those are the things that it started with. And what's crazy to me and what's crazy about the fear and the uncomfortability in church is that when you think about where the church originated, you know what it sounds like? Church. It just sounds like church. We sing and we dance, and we worship, and we pray, and we break bread together, or fish together, right? Like we, we do all these things together, and what we call that is being the church. And so when you really break this down at its core, church, what it really comes down to is we are a house full of broken pieces. We are a house full of sinners. We are a house full of people that have things we wish we could forget and are thank, thankful every day that God covers in his blood. Do I have a witness in the house on that? No one is perfect. And so my, my plea to you today as you stand with me, my plea with you today is that you no longer hold yourself accountable to things that are no longer important. Why? Because we declare in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, the only name by which we must be saved, the only name that has ever conquered death, sin, and the grave. When we apply that, we have freedom and we are made brand new. And so simply put today, if you feel like you're drowning, if you feel like you're struggling, just stand up. Just stand up. You have everything you need. You can touch the bottom. There's nothing too deep here. No one around you is looking at them like, wow, you know, maybe we should help him. He looks like he's really struggling there. No, we're all struggling here. We all have sin. We all have faults. We all need Jesus. And so if you'll just make your way towards him, if you will pursue him to the best of your ability, I promise you he will meet you here. I promise you that there is freedom in the house today. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.